Hey, this is Gerds Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to a special episode of The Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Tundel and today I have an amazing guest with me who is just going to literally blow you away. She's really, she's just an amazing gift in this world and she's really done the inner work and done a lot of work around trauma and just really letting the past go and I think it's just so important for us to really do the inner work and really heal our wounds that are holding us back because when we heal, we grow. When we grow, we evolve. When we evolve, we can then make shifts in humanity. Nina Konsupian is a coach, speaker and business strategist. She empowers women through their own vulnerability so they can serve authentically. Nina, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Oh, I'm just so excited to have you on the show. Just We've just been talking <laughs> beforehand and like, I'm like, oh my God, there is so much we can talk about today. So thank you for, for being here. Yes, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Um, I really want to like for everyone to understand like what your journey has been like. So could you let us know like what your life was like before you became a business coach? Mm, yes. Oh my goodness, there's so many places to start. <laughs> <laughs> um, so first and foremost, I've always known an inner knowing inside of me that I was here for something greater. Yeah. Always. Um, when I was at university, I was studying exercise physiology. Um, so most people don't know what that is. Um, it's a, it's combined with physiotherapy and um, a personal trainer. And I remember being at uni thinking, this is so not what I want to do with my life. And so cutting the story short, I ended up falling into real estate. Huh? And <laughs> there's a story behind that, but I won't go into okay. it. I, I ended up falling into real estate after doing my first degree and I was doubling to do a second degree and I thought this isn't what I want to do so I started looking for jobs during my uni break ended up lending a job in real estate I was looking for a receptionist role and um, I was looking for a job for three months during my uni break and the only person who called me back I literally applied at hundreds of jobs he wanted to offer me a sales role and he wanted me to work full-time <laughs> I was like this is so not what I wanted um, but it was the first time in my life that I had to choose between something that was in my comfort zone that I wasn't happy with, which was university, compared to something that was unknown but had the potential for so much more. And at that time, it was a really difficult decision. But now I look back and with where I am now, it's such an easy decision um, so I ended up going into real estate and I thought, you know, I could always go back to uni if I don't like it. And that was the first time I got into personal development. That's when I realized that I could get paid to be me because I, I'm, I'm from an Asian background. I'm Filipino and I um, just had braces put on. I was straight out of uni. So I was like 21. I had a bit of a lisp from my braces so I had all of these 
stories I've had to myself and all of these insecurities around, oh, no one's going to want to buy off me because I'm, I look like I'm 18. I've got a list. (laughs) There were, there were so many stories I told myself and it was through having my first mentor who was my boss in real estate, who really allowed me to see the power of me being myself and me studying personal development and the fact that the more that we can give to ourselves and give to our life, the more of a whole human being we are and the more we're able to give in our work as well. And that that was really the start of my journey to where I'm at now. Wow. And I know you were telling me about a personal journey that happened. Could you share mm. how that led you to what you're doing right now? Yeah. So there's a few layers to to this story. Um, I think one of the most pivotal points was me realising that my personal journey had a big correlation to what I'm here to do, my mission, my vision and my message. So I was sitting there with my boss in real estate and I thought I was doing amazing. I had quite a bit of ego <laughs> back then, <laughs> chasing success, wanting to earn money, wanting to make a life for myself. Um, again, I come from the Philippines, so <laughs> I, I was very ambitious. I wanted to do more, be more, have more. Mm. And it was within my third quarter in real estate, so within nine months, I became fourth in the company. I was earning commission. I was doing really well. I was in the process of becoming um, second IC, like second in charge in the company. I was training all the new staff coming in. Wow. And he said to me, you could do better. And I thought, what? I'm like, I'm doing amazing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can be doing better. He's like, you're holding back. And I said, okay, interesting. I, I adored this man. So I was always going to listen to everything that he had to say. And he said, you're holding back. And I said, okay. And he's like, where in your life are you holding back? And I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> and, he said, <laughs> and he's like, you're holding back. Where are you holding back? And I just said, I'm not. <laughs> went back and forth for a few minutes. And he just would not budge. And he just looked at me and waited for an answer. Can I just say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, this is crazy. I had a similar conversation with somebody when I was 24. <laughs> oh, wow. That was my last ever office job. And it was an elderly, elder guy <laughs> in the office. And he kept saying to me, you're better than this place. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, you're made for more. You just can't see it right now. And I'm like, yes. it's amazing how other people who can see things within us that we can't always see when we're mm. not on the right track. We think we're on the right yes. track. And it was the same with yeah. me. I was making a lot of commission, but I was unhappy what I was doing. <laughs> Sorry, Carrie, that wasn't, that was just like, what's going on here? <laughs> Amazing. Of course, we're a reflection of each other. I'm not even surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he sat there waiting for me to give him an answer. And that, that's pretty much what we do as coaches, where, like you said, we're seeing something greater in someone and we're holding space for them to see the truth that's within them that we can see that they can't see. And so I kept thinking, I was like, oh, I don't know, like, where am I holding myself back? And, you know, your brain starts looking for answers, but there's always one answer that you overlook. <laughs> and I kept looking elsewhere. I'm like, no, that's not it. And I kept looking at where, no, where, where am I holding myself back? And nothing else was coming back. So I, so I said, well, if I was holding myself back, 
The only place that I could maybe think of is <laughs> is a relationship. Mm. But but I've forgiven him and I've moved on and I'm happy and I'm just not ready for a relationship. Like I just don't want one right now. Mm. And then he asked me a question that completely changed my life. He said, have you forgiven yourself? Oh, <laughs> got chills as you'll say, you said that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I sat there in our real estate office in front, like, in, in our open area where anyone could have walked in, all of the staff could have seen me, and I just started bawling my eyes out. It was instant. Like, it literally came out of nowhere. And I sat there, like, sobbing for, like, a good four to five minutes. And I couldn't stop the tears. And when I could mm-hmm. finally start speaking again, I said, I didn't even realise that I blamed myself. I didn't I didn't realize I blamed myself for letting him in. I didn't blame mm. I blamed myself for being vulnerable. I blamed myself for for trusting him. Mm. And that was really the first time that I realized that I needed to be vulnerable, not for him but for me. Mm. It was holding myself back. And I was the one that was in pain for, for not forgiving him. It wasn't about him. It was about me. Yeah. And so I don't think, I don't remember the time frame, but it was within, it might've been that day, but it would have been a week max. I decided to call him up. I decided to call up my ex-boyfriend. And because long story short, I was hurt from the relationship. Yeah. And he did something and, and I was really hurt by it. And And it was odd because to give you a bit of context, right before I called him, literally, probably within a month before that, I he came into my work because I was a bartender at the time, and he came into my work and and he was talking about me to all my staff, and I tried to start a fight with him. I was very (laughs) angry back then, (laughs) and I tried to get him kicked out, and then I tried to get an AVO out against him, and so there was all of this drama around. Mm my relationship with him and so now I'm supposed to call him and be vulnerable so (laughs) it's gonna be like this chick's crazy um but I called him up which happened to be his birthday by the way oh my um, god which I didn't (laughs) of all days I didn't didn't realize when I did it I just forgot that was it it was his birthday because this was years after we had broken up I think we'd broken up like two three years prior and um or maybe even longer and so I called him up and I just wanted to come from a place of I'm going to be vulnerable because when we broke up I never showed him how hurt I was Mm. um can I swear on this podcast yeah go for it (laughs) yeah so I was very much like fuck you get the fuck out of my life like I hate (laughs) you you're dead to me like that was my mentality right and I I relate I I relate with what you're saying I was really, (laughs) I was really, really angry. Mm. And so when I called him, I was like, I'm just going to share with him how hurt I was. I'm just going to share with him my vulnerable side because he never saw that. He never saw it after we had broken up. I was just like angry. I was like, I fucking hate you. Like, yeah. And so I called him up and I was instantly in a place of vulnerability because that was my intention. 
And he could feel that because when we shift, other people shift. And I pretty much just said to him, I was shaking. I was so nervous. I said, this is going to sound so random, but I just, I feel like, and I I couldn't get the words out. And he said, you need closure. Like, I get it. Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, like I said, I've, I've been really, really angry. And even if I didn't want to admit it to myself, like you really, really hurt me. And I know that you never saw that because I was trying to be strong and I was trying to show you that you didn't hurt me. But it was really, really challenging. Like I cried so much over you. And the truth is, if you didn't do what you did to me, I would have still been trying to make it work with you. So in a way, I'm grateful that you did it because I knew that something radical needed to happen for me to let go. But at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm so hurt by what you did. And I was crying. And, and I said, I never cheated on you. Like I never cheated on you. So all the people telling you that I did, I didn't. Like I wish you just came to me. Mm. And he, he just was vulnerable with me. And he said, I did what I did because I started to think I wasn't good enough because I wow. thought you had cheated on me. Um, and I wish I just came and spoke to you about it. And and he's like, I'm sorry. Like, I'd, I'd never cheated on you either. I know there were rumours going around, people saying that I did, but I never did. Um, but I did what I did after we had broken up, which was a big part of what hurt me. Mm. Uh, pretty much I caught someone else. I caught him sleeping with someone else while we were still sleeping together on a cruise. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was really painful. Um, but he said, you know, it was just because everyone got into my head and mm. yeah, I'm not, I'm really, really sorry. And I just physically felt so much lighter. Mm. Like I, I felt like I was carrying this massive suitcase on my back mm. and then instantly I just dropped it on the floor. Wow. That's how it physically felt on this call. And so we wrapped up the call and I said, by the way, and he's like, oh, it's my birthday, by the way. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and he's like, no, like, this, I think this is really good. Mm. Um, I'm so, like, I'm glad that you called. Like, I'm glad that you got closure. And I was like, yeah, thank, like, I really, really appreciate you taking the time. I hope you have a good birthday. Anyway, so I, I haven't spoken to him since. But that was the first time that I really decided that I was going to be vulnerable just from my intuition. I feel like this is what I needed to do. And it's the first time I really saw, or maybe the second time, but I'll go through that in a second, that I saw massive power in being vulnerable. And years later, uh, actually, no, it was about a year or two later, um, I was I was in my second year of real estate and I saw the amazing Brendan Bouchard speak. Mm. and I was at the peak of my career. I was about to open up my own real estate office. Um, like everything was heading into place. I was, um, I was, I was about to buy my second property. I was on my way to becoming financially free in quotations. And I saw this amazing man speak and instantly I had this massive aha moment of, Oh my gosh, I'm here to be a speaker. I'm here to be a coach. I'm here to be, I'm here to write a book. And it was such an instant epiphany. Like the energy in my body was so high that I said to myself, I've been dead up until this point because I felt so alive with 
I just knew this is what I'm here to do. It was, it was, it was very obvious to me. But the thing is, to also give context, I had no experience in being a coach or a speaker or a writer. Like I <laughs> never had thoughts of that up until this point. So cutting the story short again, I ended up going, I ended up leaving real estate within a few weeks and I went, I went straight into coaching. And so a big part of coaching is leveling up and speaking your truth and being in integrity. That's a really, really important part of being a coach and doing what I do. And so when I decided to move to Bali a few years later, decided to move to Bali and I thought to myself, it's time for a new beginning. I'm ready for something new. So what, <laughs> similar question, what can I let go of that's holding me back from moving forward? <laughs> and <laughs> and then I sat with myself and I started crying because mm. I realized that there was one major part of my life that I had moved on from a lot, but there was still a little bit there that was holding me back. And so I was sexually abused when I was younger by a, a distant family member. Gosh. And I knew that if I don't give him an opportunity to apologize and if I don't confront him one last time, because I already did. Mm. Um, by the way, I was very young when I first did. I was like 10. So it, it forced me to grow up. So... I was probably about four or five when it happened. I blocked it out of my memory and then I realized it. And then I finally told my parents and um, it came out that it happened to my other cousin and then my cousin's sister as well, who was also younger than me. Um, so we ended up confronting, confronting, confronting him, but he just denied the entire thing. So this was like going back a decade. I think I realized it had been a decade since. And I said to myself, if I don't do this now, when am I ever going to do it? Yeah. So I decided to meet up with him. And it was one of the scariest but most powerful things I have ever done. Mm. So my intention with catching up with him was if I'm going to be a coach, at, at, like to a large degree, and if I'm going to, to make the difference that I feel like I'm here to make, it means that I need the ability to be able to give love to every single human being, regardless of who they are and what they've done. Yeah. So if I can give love to him, if I can forgive him, if I can forgive, fully forgive myself for what happened. Sorry, that's a really loud motorbike. <laughs> just, that's okay. Just downstairs. Um, if I can, if I can give him love just because he's a human being, mm. then I know that there isn't anyone in the world I can't give love to because he's the hardest person for me to give love to. And again, I came from a place of vulnerability. And the moment I saw him, I wasn't angry. And that's how I knew. I said to myself, how will I know if I'm healed from this? And for me, it was, I could see him and not be angry and not want to kill him. <laughs> yeah. And when I saw him, I just felt bad for him. And we ended up catching up for a couple hours and it was so healing because he ended up confront, he ended up saying, he ended up apologizing and he said, I let him talk. And then he said, wow, that's the first time I've ever admit that. And I said, what? Wow. I'm like, I'm like, 
everyone knew, like literally everyone in our family knew. And you didn't tell anyone? He's like, no, I just denied the entire thing up until now. And he said, there hasn't been one day that I I haven't thought about it. He said, there hasn't been one day that it hasn't crossed my mind. There hasn't been one day that I haven't tried to reach out and talk to you about it. But I distinctly, he said to me, I distinctly remember a few years later, I was at the shopping center, one of the shopping centers in our area, which by the way, I don't live close to him anymore, but in, in Sydney, it's a pretty small world. Like there's only, (laughs) it it happens, right? So I was at a shopping center and he said, and I remember I saw you and I was going to go up to you and I was going to, I was going to, I was going to apologize. And then your mum looked at me like, (gasps) don't you fucking go near her. Wow. Yeah. But that wouldn't have been the right timing because I'm sorry, I was just going to say that wouldn't have been the right timing because you needed to do your forgiveness first. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like it's important to share that if I didn't have the courage to Mm. meet up with him later, that maybe would have been my only chance. Oh, wow, yeah, that's true. Wow. And so a message that I want to share is, if we're coming from that place of anger and if we're not willing to allow someone the opportunity to apologize, like if my mom wasn't angry, if she had done the forgiveness mm. and she would have realized the place he was coming from. Yeah. Cause you can feel someone's energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Like if he's walking up to you and you can see that he's scared. Like there's, he's not going to come up and try and do something to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah I agree. <laughs> so, like, the message that I want to share in that is it's so important that we all do our forgiveness because we can be blocking other people from getting theirs. Yeah. Yeah. And we also give permission for other people to forgive when we forgive. Mm. And I think there's, there'd be so much healing in the world if we just forgave. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I'm just going to say, just to wrap up the story. Go yeah, you go. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I, I relate with everything you're saying. It's. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you go first and then I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I ended up um, confronting him about it, going back to the, the, the front of like, where, where we are in the story. Yeah. And it just provided so much healing for, for him as well because obviously I said my, my cousins had been abused as well. Mm. But they went the opposite way. They oh. still hate him. They ran away from home really young. They started doing drugs and... I still love them dearly, but they hold on to so much anger. Like I've spoken mm-hmm. to them a few times over the few years and they're like, no, we fucking hate him. Like he's fucking ruined our life. Like really, really, really angry. And they, they're still holding on to that. Mm. But I've come out the other end. And also something else that's super important, I think, to mention is that my parents were really, really supportive. They're like, we don't have to see him ever again. We don't have to go to family gatherings. But their parents went the other way. Their parents were like, oh, no, you're lying about this or <gasps> you you provoked him or it, they went the other way. And so it's so important that as parents yeah. we need to believe our children. children. We need to hold space for them. We need to love them. Yeah, so yeah. That, I think that's also a really big point to mention. But anyway, so the last part of this story is – I got in my car after catching up with him for two hours. I ended up being like his coach. And I sat in the car 
I sat in the car and I started crying mm. and I called one of my best friends at the time and I'm like I did it and I told her what happened and she said to me it's so ironic that you provided him healing mm. you are the only person that could have done that for him wow. no one else your cousins wouldn't have done it and no one else could have given him the forgiveness that he needed to move on. Mm, powerful. And I just started crying. I'm like, I, I didn't even realize that I that I did that. Mm. And from then, I just feel like nothing's really held me back because I've just been able to move further and further into stepping into what I'm here to do, being a coach, being a speaker. I'm getting my book published later on this year called The Naked You, A Guide to Living Authentically in Life and Business. And I don't know if I'd be able to be as vulnerable as I can. I don't know if my message would be as powerful. I know that it wouldn't be as powerful as it is mm. if it wasn't for what I've gone through. And, and like I was saying to you before we got on this podcast, <laughs> even though I a big part of my mission is to eradicate child abuse and sex slavery, because I don't feel that anyone should ever go through this again. At the same time, I know my soul chose this. I know that it was a co-creation and I'm grateful for the experience. I'm grateful that he chose to have the experience with me and, and cause both of us enough pain so mm -hmm. that we can stop this from happening ever again, because I would not be on the journey that I am now if it wasn't for what happened. I would not be the person I am now if it wasn't for what happened. I don't give into into peer pressure or I never got mm. overly smashed when I was younger or going to high school. I never did drugs. I never wanted to smoke like everybody else just to fit in because I'm like, never again <laughs> will I do something that I know is not right for me just yeah. because I feel like someone else is pressuring me to do it. Mm. Never. Wow. Just want to say, I salute you. That it it takes guts to really forgive somebody and forgive a situation mm. that has caused your old you lots of pain. And I think mm. a lot of people are afraid to do that because they're afraid of the vulnerability side. And I can, yes. as you were talking, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, like, <laughs> there are so many similarities. It, it's nuts. Like it's unbelievable. And yeah. um, like with me, like I was. I dated somebody when I was at, doing my master's at uni. I was like 22 at the time and it was toxic. Um, he'd come out of a previous relationship and it, he hadn't, he was going through his own trauma, but I was going through my own trauma because mm. somebody I was with in my, like when I was 19 passed away. So we mm. both had trauma when we came together at that time. And then I, like yourself, got angry, would like swear and <laughs> call him all sorts. <laughs> and, and then it's mad. It's then when I was about 20, when I was 25, when I, I got made redundant and I had a cancer scare and that woke me up. And that's when Ooh. I called him. I was like, I need to like, I need closure. And we caught yes. us and we ended up talking <laughs> and like I told yeah. him how he made me feel and everything and like he told me to like <laughs> there was there was like <laughs> sounds mad but there was a pillow and he was like just hold that pillow and hit me as much as you need to and like I ended up just, you know like ah like I'm swearing and like how dare you yeah. like he was apologizing and that was the moment that set me free as well. And that was the moment I realized I took my power back. I had actually given my power yes. away for so long thinking, mm. how dare he? But really, I had yes. had allowed that to carry on, the anger. Yes. 
and that's yeah. where I kept getting sick and like headaches and aches and pains because I was holding on to this like wow. venom almost. And like yourself, working, being so ambitious, like I was working in the city. I used, <laughs> I used to be a journalist. And at that time I was a financial publisher and I was working crazy like yourself. Like I was like, and that was me running away from my trauma. Yes. Yeah. Get to the top. I'll succeed. But really, I was actually damaging myself. Um, Mm. And also, growing up, I had like an extended family member, like talk, like emotionally. It was more emotional, like trauma, and like calling Mm. me all sorts and names. And then when I hit my mid twenties again, like I, I, sorry, can I I say that's just as bad. Like, oh, it's fine. If you're someone listening and you're like, oh no, I, I wasn't physically touched, but if someone's verbally and emotionally abusing you. That still takes a toll. Like that still affects you. Yeah, it's psychologically. Yeah, yeah. psychologically, it can mess you up in your relationships, in everything that you do. Because, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad you said that. Thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. and like it, it played games with myself. Like I was like five five or six at the time when it all happened, and then I like yourself, I I confronted the person and actually felt sorry for them because I realised that they were messed up. Like they were yeah. going through their own trauma and they were reflecting their trauma onto me. And again, oh my I, goodness. I set myself free and I felt so much liberated. And like yourself, I never thought I was going to be a coach and a speaker and write books. That was never the dream. <laughs> <laughs> I went on the journey of just healing and then oh my goodness. ended up getting a radio show. And then I was like, oh, OK. Mm. And ended up like inspiring young people, empowering them and then like doing speaking yeah. stuff. And then the book mm. came. And yeah, it, it's so powerful when we really forgive and really set yes. ourselves free and let the vulnerable vulnerability oh come in for you mm. will live your truth mm. and like yourself something... sorry you're gonna say yeah sorry yeah I was gonna say something that I, I forgot to mention was so I asked him I said why did you do it mm. I'm like I just want to know why and that's why it's so important we come from a place of vulnerability because if I was like, why did you fucking do it? <laughs> you might not have shared it with me, right? Yeah. Um, but he said I was abused. Mm. And I thought it was normal. Yeah. And you're the first person I'm saying this to. Yeah. And he said I, a part of me maybe thought it was bad, but when you confronted me the first time when I was like 10 or 12 – he said, that's when I realized it was wrong. Mm. And I said, have you done it since? And he was like, no. Mm. It's, and I'm like, good. It's like hurt people hurt people. That's yeah. the reason why a lot of these things happen. It's not because yeah. it's out of malice. It's because their trauma has been yes. severe as well. And they are just yeah. trying to reflect that onto somebody else to make themselves feel yeah. better. But really, it just makes it yeah. worse. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, another message I want to share with people is if you are someone who has been abused, if you don't speak up, that person probably still doesn't realise they're doing something wrong or thinks that they can get away with it and they're going to continue doing it. So by you staying quiet, you're, you're giving it more power and you're, in a way, allowing it to continue happening. If you are someone who has done the abuse... You can also initiate apologizing because it takes two to tango. It takes two, no, that's a weird context. It takes two to be vulnerable. (laughs) It takes two to be vulnerable for healing to happen. It took an element of vulnerability for him to meet with me and for him to open up to me to share what's happened with him, for him to heal. 
but it took a level of vulnerability for me to meet up with meet up with him to give him love so that I can heal. Yeah. So don't be the one to wait for that other person. You can be the one to initiate it regardless of, of which side of the coin you're on. Yeah. And at the moment you do it, it will set you free. I, mm. It went for the both of us, like what we've just been saying today, like we both, the moment we did it, we 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 became free because we no longer yeah. attached ourselves to that story. We realized yeah. And we had compassion, even though people think, well, how can you have compassion for somebody who's done that? But it makes you realize there has to be a reason behind why they did what they did. Yeah. And it was never yeah. about us. No. Yeah. No. Wow. Mm, I love that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hurt people hurt people. And that's exactly why we need to do the inner work. It's exactly why we need to learn to love ourselves and forgive ourselves because that just trickles out into the people who we connect with. And the example that I love to use is when you connect with someone, whether it's you're having a shit day and you go to a cafe and there's someone that's really, really, really happy, it's contagious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you end up you end up smiling, you end up laughing just because of the energy and you can see that they're having an amazing day. They may love where they're at right now in their life or they may love that work that they're doing. They may be passionate about being a barista and they've come here from another another part of the world like that's contagious mm. and so don't overlook the effects that you have on other people yeah wow even on a day-to-day basis it's it's massive mm. it's like even like for both of us now like if we like because we're, we're free of our story like we go out smiling mm. and then that's like infectious it's like a baby right like when you see a baby smiling <laughs> everybody yeah. lights up even if they're having a horrible day, yeah. that yeah. smile is like yeah. healing. <laughs> yeah, it definitely yeah. penetrates right through your soul. Yeah. Um, my dear, I wanted to mm. ask you some questions um, about your book. Can you tell us yeah. about your book, The, the Naked You? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so the, uh, the Naked You is a guide to living authentically in life and business. And I'm in the book, I speak a lot about this journey. Um, so... I share about what happened with me. I share a similar thing to what I shared on this podcast, how it's become a big part of my story, how my story has been, sorry, how my story has become a big part of my mission and what I'm here to do. And so I've been able to build a career doing what I love and being me because I'm willing to be vulnerable. I'm willing to be seen. I'm willing to embrace my scars and realize that they are what makes me me. They are what makes me unique. They are what makes me be able to do what I do because I have the experience. I have, I've gone through that and I've come out the other end. And that's something that I think is such a powerful message because especially as women and in society, we are unconsciously taught to compare ourselves. We are unconsciously taught to be strong and to not, don't be too much, don't don't cry, don't do this, don't get angry, don't be a bitch, don't be slutty, like just don't be too much of anything. Mm. Just sit down, be quiet, be seen, but don't be heard. Yeah. And unless we're willing to unwrite those stories and unlearn those those beliefs that we took on board as children and as little girls and as teenagers, 
we're not really, I believe we're not really able to step into our power mm-hmm. because it's not until we can embrace our vulnerability and who we are on all facets that we're really able to step into that, own that, share our gifts, make the difference that we're here to make in whatever context that is, whether it's, you know, you're passionate about, passionate about being a mum, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go and have massive businesses like everyone else, but it's about honouring who you are and what you're here to do. Like I said, the ripple effect you have on a daily basis is massive. But until you're willing to be yourself and own that and share that, you're not going to attract the people who are a fuck yes. You're not going to attract <laughs> those people who you absolutely love to your core if you don't show them who you are. Yeah. Because they can't love you for who you are if you don't show them. And if you're too busy trying to protect yourself, if you're too busy trying to be like, no, I don't want you near me because I don't want to get hurt, then you're not going to be able to live the life that you're here to live. I love what Brene Brown says. When you choose to numb your feelings, when you choose to numb the pain, you numb everything because you can't selectively numb. You Mm. numb the love. You You numb the connection. You numb the belonging, the feeling that you're wanting. You're numbing yourself by keeping people at arm's distance. And I relate that back to how that affects your business how that affects the clients that you attract and the amount of money that you make because people are attracted to you. People are first and foremost magnetized to you and what you embody. So if if you're not comfortable in your own skin and if you haven't learned to love yourself and embrace and, and again, share who you are, then you're not going to attract the people that that you want to attract. Mm. Wow powerful wow <laughs> and I just you oh, you made me just think of something as you were saying that oh yeah um that like when you go through the inner work you're allowed to get pissed you're allowed to get angry yeah that's yeah. part of the healing process but once yeah. you've been angry forgive and release yeah oh I actually wrote a poem about this I'll make Ooh. sure that it's in the book <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely I just feel yeah. like and I feel like you're quite similar like me, like growing up um, being women of colour is that we're not allowed to be angry. We we were, spot, we were taught to be good girls. And so if somebody yeah. ever did anything, we just kind of numb that. Whereas now, mm. like when we started the inner work, it was like, OK, let's get pissed. So we're like, ah, and then we release it and then we forgive. And then yeah. we, we, the story that we were holding on to yeah. is gone. Yeah. And like like you were saying, sorry, Go for it. <laughs> that, that manifests as dis-ease in your body. Yes. If you do not do the inner work, you will get sick. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the story that you were telling me, right? It's it's part of the reason why it was a catalyst for you. You're like, no, like I I need to do something with this <laughs> and you need to express that energy out because if you hold it in your body, it has to manifest to something else. Yeah. Like like everyone listening right now from a young age I've gone through crazy stuff like anemia depression eating disorder um my um my left arm stopped working when I was in Canada had to regenerate that that was because I was giving more than I was receiving Mm. a car accident when I was 21 short-term memory loss I was always getting signs and then when the cancer scare happened um oh god my voice went with there (laughs) when the cancer scare happened (laughs) um that was like the breakthrough like I realized in that moment if I don't forgive myself and forgive the other people 
I'm going to get sick. Now, I have got sick again mm. when I was when yeah. I was 27. I did have a kidney opera, um, kidney operation when I was turning 30. But that was because that was that um, I had a, like um, a genetic disorder, which I didn't know about. And it happened when I was 27. But that was even more mm. healing that I needed to do because it wasn't from this lifetime. It's from other lifetimes yes. of mm. healing and clearing. And I was here to nourish myself. And I think. Yeah when we get sick there's a sign there's a reason why we're getting sick you just need to listen yeah. from within yeah. and like ask yourself like what is it that I need right now or what's making me feel ill and you will get the answers it's about coming back mm. and listening to your intuition Louise Hay's book you can heal your life is amazing yeah yeah so for people who had it literally the smallest thing I cut my tongue I have an ulcer I stub my toe she literally has like an index yeah. of every single possible body part. Um, and like if, you're, if you've got tonsillitis or if you've got gastro, like literally anything, you can look it up and it will tell you what the emotional component of that is. And something else which is super important is exactly what you were saying, right? It may not be this lifetime. It may be past lifetimes. But yeah. as well, when you do work, you heal seven generations forward and seven generations back. Yes. Yeah. It's not just about you. Yeah. It's healing for the next generation because if we don't do the work, then that's, it's like a pattern. And like just what happened yeah. to you, that might have happened, whoever did that to him might have happened before to that person. And it's mm -hmm. been like a pattern for decades, but nobody's ever known until you confronted him. Mm. Um, I... Sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say it's powerful. It is so powerful. I just spent the last six days. Um, I got back Thursday night. It's now Saturday morning here in Sydney. I just had six days with my amazing mentor. And um, we had a guest speaker called Michelle Masters. So if you don't know who she is, look her up. She's amazing. So she helps people rewire the patterns around money and mm -hmm. where we got those patterns and how to rewire them. And one of the three core things that dictates how much money we make in our life is self-worth. Yep. If we don't heal ourselves, we're always going to continue to sabotage ourselves because we're going to think that we're not good enough. Mm. Yeah. You're just going it, to go around in this circle. Yeah. It's, it is powerful. I, I've done some work around that and, oh. It, you really learn a lot about yourself and like past <laughs> family generations and what they've been yes. through and you're like and your culture oh, oh my god so you yeah. learn a lot about I learned so much about my culture doing so much inner work yeah yeah it's it's powerful and I think no matter where you are in your life ask for help or try yeah. and try and seek somebody that can help you to understand mm. more about why these things are happening because we're not here to do this work alone it's it's tiring yeah. doing it alone and yeah. you'll be it's whew, seek guidance because that is how we are here to unite and help one another humanity is all about helping it's mm -hmm. not about the old paradigm of competition it's about coming yes. together so les brown says ask for help not mm. because you're weak but you want to remain strong yeah Wow, that's powerful. Yeah. Oh my my God, we're coming towards the end of the show. <laughs> it's gone so fast. I want to talk to you more, but I'm like, oh, um, I've got a few more questions after you. Yes. And first one is, what are your five top tips for someone who's struggling to be their authentic selves? Like, what can they do? Mm, I love that question, by the way. 
It's such a great (laughs) question to ask. (laughs) Thank you. First and foremost, invest time with yourself. Mm -hmm. We invest time with the relationships that we care about when we start to date someone, um, you know, when we have children, when we have a friend, when we have our best friends. We want to see them. We want to spend time with them. Are you spending time with yourself? Are you actually setting time to be with yourself? Are you journaling? Are you having, are you getting exercise? Are you getting out into nature? Are you reading a book? It doesn't even matter what it is for you. For me, a big part of getting to know myself is literally just sitting with myself, listening to some calming music, maybe some sad music if I need to cry, and allowing whatever emotion to come up. Nature really helps me ground and I love writing. So writing has been like my oldest friend. When I look back on the times when I was abused and when I got, when I fell into depression and no one knew about it yet, writing was really healing for me as a way to express myself. And that's when I started writing poetry. So the first thing is invest time in yourself. Get to know yourself, love yourself. The second thing is surround yourself with people who you feel you can be yourself with unapologetically Mm. who you know love you for you because they're going to encourage you to be more yourself I used to get told all the time you're too loud (laughs) you're too this you're too that my bestest friends are like I love that about you Mm. like I love that you're blunt I love that you're straight (laughs) to the point I love that you're loud I love that you laugh so hard that people look at us and they're like you're so loud (laughs) (laughs) so second is surround yourself with people who you know you can be yourself with who hold space for you and who and you do the same back Mm. thirdly follow what you love what have you stopped doing that you love is it dancing? Is it playing? Is it self-pleasure? Is it um, going out and learning something new? Is it whatever it is? Go and do something you love. Follow your passions. Fourth, it takes a massive level of self-honesty to really accept yourself for who you are and where you're at. For me, being authentic also means if I'm in my shit, I can admit I'm in my shit. <laughs> if I'm in my ego, yes, I'm in my ego right now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go through it and then I'm, I'm going to come out the other end in like a, a couple hours or in an hour or after I do this journaling. Mm. Like get really, really honest with yourself. I'm so not somebody who likes to push things under the rug, especially after what happened to me. For me, things have to come up. Mm. You need to surface it. It has to come up. And the fifth thing is go do a personal development course because it will remind you of who you are to your core and it will remind you the power of you doing the inner work because that's what's going to allow you to see more of who you are, how you can connect with other people, how we're really not that different to each other. At the end of the day, like Oprah says, we just want to be seen. We just want to be heard. We just want to know that we matter. We just want to know that someone cares. Yeah. That's the deepest core to being human. That's all we want. And if you don't allow yourself that gift, then you're not going to let anyone else give it to you. And that's when we come back to the self-worth. 
Mm. We can only receive as much as we feel like we're worthy of receiving. So build up that that self-love and build up the ability to receive more and more and more because you are worthy. You've just mm. forgotten. Beautiful. Oh, I love those five top tips. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing this. <laughs> oh, I know that's, that's going to help a lot of people. That's tough. It's that it's amazing. Like they're so simple, but they're, they're what you need that mm. helps you to grow and nourish yourself and really understand who you really are. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. next question is, what you, what are you most grateful for? Oh my goodness, I'm grateful for so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm, that's a great question. At this moment in time, I'm actually most grateful for my mum. And I didn't realise that until you asked. So thank you so much for for asking that. My pleasure. Because when I look back on my story, she was the first person who made me start to think outside the box. Mm. She was the first person that said to me, when you get into bed at night, think about your day. Think about how you acted, who you were and what you would change. And by her telling me that, it made me stop to think about who I am. Mm. It made me stop to think about, not in these words, but unconsciously, am I being authentic to me? Mm. And it's the reason why I can be so in touch with my intuition. Because I, from a young age, I've asked myself, does this feel right for me? Mm. And with what happened with my abuse, like it happened a few times, and after the second time, I just knew something was wrong. So I stopped being alone with him. Mm. I just would not put myself in that situation anymore. Ooh. So really trusting yourself is so important. And, yeah, my mum was the first catalyst to really she, – she didn't even do it consciously. Mm. And I didn't even I didn't even connect the dots really till right now wow. that – she was the person who has supported me and trusting my intuition. Oh, wow, that's powerful. It, <laughs> I feel like give a. I think please give a hug on behalf of me, too, Mum. I will. Oh, <laughs> I will. That's powerful. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Matthew, what shines your inner light? Mm. Mm. A couple things. <laughs> it's taken me a long time to see this but seeing other women shine their light Oof. I used to compare myself a lot and sometimes I still do I'm not perfect we're all perfectly imperfect which is something else I talk about in the book like I don't I'm not this like oh I'm all perfect all knowing like no like I'm still working through my own stuff um but like seeing you shine your light seeing you share your story seeing you do this podcast like that inspires me Oh. That reminds me to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing. We're in this the together. Second. Yeah, 100%. And the thing is as well, what I love about being authentic and what I love about questioning what's authentic to me is you realise you can't do it all yourself. Yeah. You have more gratitude for the other people doing their stuff because you're like, oh, thank you for doing it because I can't do that. Mm, yeah. I can't go and do that because I'm focusing on what I'm doing. 
So yeah. thank you for doing what you're doing. Oh, thank you as well, because <laughs> there are shifts in this world happening right now. And yeah, oh, so many other powerhouse women like ourselves who are doing the work and it's, oh, yeah, it's needed. It is needed. Yeah. Um, other things that light me up personally, I love dancing. I'm mm. a dancer. I've been trained in Latin dancing. I'm also a hip hop dancer and just moving my body. I love that. Mm. Nature. I absolutely love nature. Getting getting in nature. I live by the beach in Sydney. I didn't used to, but it's something that I knew I've always wanted and I made it happen. Wow. So I live I live by the water in Sydney. Um and a big part as well is just gratitude and presence. Mm. Because especially as someone who was so driven and so ambitious, it's so easy to focus on your goals and miss the present moment. It's so easy to just be like, I'm going to go there. I'm, I'm heading in that direction and go, 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 go. <laughs> but I realized that so much of the beauty and the times in my life, regardless of where I am in my career, regardless of how much money I have, regardless of my relationships, regardless of if I'm single or if I'm in a relationship, regardless of any of that, if I can see where I'm at right now and see the joy and be grateful for where I am, even if I'm in 15K worth of debt when I was selling my properties, like it doesn't even matter where you're at. Yeah. There is joy to be found in right now and there is gratitude to be found in right now. And that is what has supported me in moving through it and attracting more abundance. And there have been times that I've attracted 50K and 100K just like that <laughs> when I was like 15K or more in debt. Wow. Things can shift so quickly if you change where you're at in the present moment. And that feeling of love inside of you is something that I'm now cultivating every single day. Even if you just do five minutes of meditation where you feel into your soul, you feel into the earth, you feel into your love within yourself and all of the love around you from Mother Earth, from the animals, from our ancestors, from our family, from the people in our life, from our friends, from our mentors, from the people who we connect with, just feel into that. And it's going to be really hard to not feel like you're loved and that you can give love when you come from a place that you're full. Mm. Wow. So that really lights me up. That's beautiful. Wow. Oh, <laughs> wow. This conversation. Wow. Thank you, Nina. Seriously. it's It's been a Thank powerful you. conversation. And we need more people like yourself just going out there and empowering other people and women especially to really honor who they are and be vulnerable and be who they're supposed to be in this world yes yes thank you so much and there are women listening to this who yeah. are thinking oh I can't do that oh I can't do this I would not have thought I've been able to do what I've done if you had asked me a few years prior mm -hmm. but you just keep showing up and then you keep playing a bigger game the first step is do the the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of what's scary for you, what it means to level up, what it means to be open, just do that. Mm. And then you'll start to do bigger things. But it starts with starting. <laughs> you need yeah. to start. Yeah. Wow. Thank you again. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much for having me. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure. God bless you. 
Wow, that was a powerful interview with Nina. Thank you so much for sharing so much knowledge and wisdom and inspiration because it's so important to do the inner work. Like we both, we, we both have realized in our own lives that inner work is the key to setting yourself free. And when we set ourselves free, we can come back to who we were supposed to be. And I just think that the more that we can do this, the more we can grow and be ourselves. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. Being vulnerable is the only way to allow your heart to feel true pleasure. That's a quote by Bob Marley. For more information about the show or how to trust your inner light, visit my new coaching program at gerdshundle.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. Lit.